All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am one half of the dynamic duo. It is Dwight at 517-2214. Joined again as I am every week with the brains of the operation, the multimedia maven, the, the PhD in training, young SJ. How are you feeling on this? Man, it is not beautiful. It is raining and it is cold here in it Texas. It is raining here too. Yeah. Really? Okay. It is raining. It's not a beautiful day. Um, and it's even worse because of what the Mavs did this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get into that. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's not really a like a great day, but I mean, I'm going to be social later today, so hopefully that makes up for this bad week. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I don't, dog, it, it, it's weird because it was like 80 degrees two days ago here, and then it just started raining, I don't know, later on that evening, and it's been raining on and off, and now it's actually starting to rain in your coat. Apparently, it's supposed to freeze tomorrow morning, and I'm just like, fam, this is Texas. I don't know what we're doing out here, but anyway, moving on, Um, let's get into it. We, we ain't going to do any large personal life rants or anything of that nature. Uh, my son's soccer league is over so I can watch these games on time and actually maybe rewatch some of these games. So, in, well, if we start playing good enough to justify rewatching some of these games. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know what you want to rewatch. Yeah, yeah. Like a Grizzlies game from like right, two right, days right, ago. Right. <laughs> I got six weeks until basketball start, dog. I'm excited. My son's, my son's. It's a basketball podcast. My little boy is going to be playing organized hoop, and I'm on culture, and I'm kind of looking forward to love it. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Anyway, um, this bum-ass team we root for. <laughs> like, yeah, in the last week, we went, what, two and one? I'm sorry, oh, one and two. One and two. One yeah. and two. We was fighting for our lives against, uh, I'm pretty sure Brooklyn had only had two wins at that point. They were one record-wise, one of the worst teams in early in the league. We was fighting for our lives against them. And then we just lost back-to-back against, again, two of the worst teams in the league without their best players at that. One team was without their best player. The other team was without their best two player, two players. And we six and five. So uh, we'll, we'll start from the top. That Brooklyn game, I'm going I'm to go ahead and let you lead because I actually could not watch uh, I missed half of that, and I didn't rewatch it. I caught the second half. I'm gonna let you go ahead and what What did you see that caught your eye that surprised you? What What did you think about that Brooklyn game? So that Brooklyn game was interesting because I mean it was more of the same thing that we saw, um, you know, throughout the past few games. You know, Luke had the ball a lot. Um, he was he was playing well. The last good Luca game we've seen because <laughs> um, the last two have been stinkers but you know he was playing well um some of the you know Reggie was still back to not doing you know anything being a brick um Josh Green was you know a revelation in that game but it was instead of you know it ended in a win but instead of it being okay yay we got a win it was a frustrating win because we go up I don't even know how much we went up, but it was definitely double digits. You go up double digits in like the last couple minutes of the game and you blow it to the point where they almost had a chance to send it to OT with, um, or no, yeah, send it to OT if Kevin Durant had um, made all his free throws. And, you know, Brooklyn, they're looking at it as a moral victory, you know, like, and I was, because I have to watch um, how we like play Brooklyn. Um, I have to watch it on the Yes broadcast because it's blacked out on like League Pass and all that. And the Yes announcers, like they when Brooklyn was making its comeback, um, even, like this is before they like cut it to one with that Cam Thomas three. Like this is before all that. I think it was like um, Eon Eagle was saying, yeah, um, the Mavericks blew a lead to OKC, so this is like in the realm of possibilities. Like teams know, they were basically so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. Like they were basically like, yeah, Brooklyn can pull it off because the Mavs are just like that in terms of blowing leads. That's what they were saying on the broadcast. 
And they were almost damn right. Um, Dorian just, just horrendous mistakes, like that bad turnover, and then he fouled Katie. He was the one that fouled Katie. Like it was just horrendous mistakes. Um, and like you didn't feel good coming out of that win, but at the end of the day, a win is still a win. And then you go into like that. Looking at the schedule, that should have been the most difficult game of the week, right? <laughs> that Brooklyn game, but it was not. And I mean. Not to just talk about bad things from that game because we did win. You know, I mentioned Josh Green. He was great. And something that, um, like, if you look at the, um, like, I know people have been complaining about Reggie, right? And you are right to complain about Reggie. But his minutes have been going down. So, like, I don't get the narrative of saying, oh, Reggie is allowed to play 30 minutes and stink it up. Well, that's not true anymore. <laughs> like, if you look at his box scores, his minutes have gone down, like, with his performance being bad. Like, that Brooklyn game, I think he only played, like, 22 minutes. And Josh played 26, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe 25, but definitely more than Reggie. So I'm saying that um, we can give credit there that they're a little bit more flexible than we think. Um, even if it's not resulting in Josh outright starting, because um, I know we talked about it a little bit. We can get into it more, but I don't believe Josh should start. Um, I think you have to just let Reggie not be a brick, and he almost was that in that um, Washington game. He came out, hit his first two shots, and then was never heard from again. But <laughs> um, you have to, to me, I think with his skill set, you have to trust that he can figure it out, because I think the bench needs Josh more. But um, when Josh, you know, was playing, he looked confident. He was doing a little bit of everything. And that's the player that I envisioned Josh to be, like, a player who's not going to be great at, like, one thing. Maybe besides, like, defense. But on offense, he's not going to be fantastic at one thing. He'll hit spot-up threes. He'll attack a closeout, finish at the rim, connect good connected passing. Like, can do a little bit of everything. That's how I envision him. And you kind of saw that in the Brooklyn game. But, um... Other than Josh and Luke had a 30, you know, I think he had a 36 in that game. There was, it was kind of like an okay game. You know, Spencer was, um, was that the game? That was the game Spencer said Tony Brothers um, said some wild shit about him. <laughs> um, and then the next game he put up a stinger. So it was just like, and I think Spencer played well that game. Yeah, um, what, was Spencer, it, what, what do you call him, a, a bitch-ass motherfucker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, but um, Spencer has been okay. This okay, more than okay. Let me not downplay it. Spencer has been really good, um, this season, and I'm a bit weary because if if you told me we were gonna get this level of play from Spencer to start the season, I would have bet probably everything that we would have been better than six and five, and the fact that we're not is a little worrying. But um, what do you think? No, um, you you just kind of. I've been, because we stink, and you you get more emotional when we're doing really good, or you're doing them really good. You, uh, if we stink, the extremes bring out extremes and emotional response, and that's been more, my thing that's just kind of been blowing me. Um, I think in our fear for why this team might be mid, it was Spencer Dinwiddie regression, and it hasn't happened, and we still mid. So it's like, bro, shout out to him. Um, we I think we what fifty games straight. He's been shooting the three ball good, and these are not these are not butt naked threes. These are not wide open threes. These are pull up step backs. He he's he's just been balling, man. Shout out to Spencer. Shout out to him. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's it's tough because you know, like I just said, I would expect. Spencer to be playing I'm um, not Spencer I would expect the team to be doing better if Spencer was giving you this level of play but um it's something that I also alluded to a while ago that um if like the depth is overstated on this team if, if someone's missing it throws everything off um like in the grand scheme of things we should not need Christian Wood to beat the Magic without Paolo and to beat the Wizards without Beal and Porzingis. We shouldn't need Christian Wood no, for that. But that's the reality. All. But that's the reality. If one piece, if if one rotation piece, like legit rotation piece is missing, it throws off just the entire you know, the entire team and it shouldn't be like that. Like, it's a long season. You're not going to have everybody available for all 82. 
um, and you need to know how to play without key players, and we just don't know how to do that at this point, um, and when you hear, you know, we can get into some of the, you know, the two losses, but when you hear Luca, you know, as soon as, um, he started playing in that magic game, when I saw the shots were short, I was like, we're screwed, when people are like, oh, well, he had a bad game in the magic game, he's gonna bounce back in the wizards game, I'm like, we're on a (laughs) back-to-back, and his shots were short, there was no bouncing back, these were, like, if he had a sinker in a magic game, he was going to have a sinker in a wizard's game. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was just, the shots were short, and he's in the presser saying, yeah, I need some rest. And it's crazy because, one, yes, that's true. What he's been doing, he needs rest. But, two, we're in the 11 games. It's 11 games. It's yeah. 11 games in, and... And it's not like we've had a crazy schedule system. We've played one of the least amount of games in the league. Yeah. We've we've benefited from rest, especially in our first couple weeks. We were playing like so spaced out. So it's not like we've just had a brutal schedule to, to start and he on top of what he's been doing. And it's like, yeah, he really needs the rest. The fact like the fact that he already needs the rest now, what were what was the plan? Like what were you expecting? You know, especially him coming off your basket. Like what were you expecting to happen? And him saying out of his mouth, Yeah, we need to pick which team I get a rest, you know, I need to rest for. Do they know the situation of the roster? No, no. Like, that we have two shot creators. Have you looked at the schedule? The yeah, only like, the only game about? that makes sense for him to rest is the Rockets is... one, right? Saturday to me because oh, Blazers, yeah, yeah, because there's two days off after that, so you can give him a good stretch of rest. But we kind of don't want to fall to 500, and the Blazers are good. Exactly. So exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. It's 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 a shit show, and you and it's funny because there's just so many moving parts right now going on with the Mavericks because. With the losses too, right? Even in the win that we had against Brooklyn, Katie went in his presser and said, "We know they're limited," or no, no, that was Kuzma. But he said, "We know they can't dribble." He said, "We know everybody <laughs> outside of Luca can't dribble." Yeah. So it's just making them do things they're uncomfortable with. Fast forward to last night's game, Kuzma saying, "Yeah, we know the roster is limited outside of him." So it's basically letting guys do what they're not comfortable with, and to me, that's the quiet part being said out loud because we know this. But like I said, it's a it's a now the people who have been saying, oh, the roster is trash, they feel vindicated. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a much more nuanced, nuanced like conversation, because when you think about it, what those guys bring is still valuable to the team. I'm talking about some of them, not everybody, but <laughs> what some of these guys bring, like, yes, in their limitations, it's still valuable. Like take Dorian, right? Very limited in what he can do offensively. There's no like argument there. However, what he does is still valuable to the team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's still, like you know, the to me, him and Maxi, especially the two most valuable defensive players that we have. Yes, the defense hasn't hasn't been that great, but still, he's guarding from point guards to um bigger wings to even some small ball, you know, centers. He's guarding them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he brings value there. Um, yeah, there's that one guy. I don't know. I had him muted. And I don't know how I saw it. I actually think I might even have Buddy Block talking about why does no one say Dorian is bad and always jump on JaVel fucking McGee and Reggie Bullock. Like, bro, Reggie Bullock put up two goose eggs this week. Dorian has done that once in three years. Like, uh, they're objectively measurably. And I'm not saying Dorian is some sacred calf, but, bro, Reggie's been bad in a different way than Dorian has been bad. Exactly, because the problem with Reggie now, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 a case-by-case basis with the players on the team. Because, like I said, while they have their limitations, they still bring value. So, Dorian, even if he's not really hitting shots, when he wasn't really hitting shots, he was at least attempting to put the ball on the floor and mm-hmm. finish, like in that Brooklyn game. He didn't really shoot the ball that well, but he had like three in ones, you know, based on him putting the ball on the floor and driving to the basket. Reggie cannot do, Reggie can't dream of doing that, bro. 
offensively, if he's not making threes, he's truly useless. He's Whereas Dorian, Dorian will crash the boards. He'll go crash get a putback. He can dog. make a dump off pass. Yeah, right? exactly. He will actually legitimately attack a closeout and put a defense in rotation to cut off his drive. With Reggie, he. I mean, if he meets but, the defender at the rim, he might miss the layup. They're just like, well, all right, good luck with that, bro. And not even just that. Like, if he catches the ball, right, thinking he has an open shot and the defense closes out well, he, it, it looks like he has piss running on his leg. <laughs> he passes that ball so quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as, like, he can't do it. And it's like, um, at this point, they're like both, I'm talking Dorian and Reggie right now. They're both 30 years old. They're not going to develop any more shot creation skills like dorian has improved over the years he's hit a wall dorian is not gonna get any better than he is now reggie he's never had it never will <laughs> he would he, he's just not going to develop that and then you look at some of the other guys like maxi maxi if you look at the past few seasons like at, to me this year is a, at a, it's not to me but the fact is it's not an all-time low but maxi's offensive game has been regressing He's not mm. even taking shots anymore. You know what I mean? So while he's still valuable defensively, he you know he had a cute little layup. I feel. Oh yeah, that that little up and oh, under layup. Yeah, I've never seen him do I that. I said, oh boy, what was that? Yeah, but still, he's not I... attempting shots anymore. Oh no, like you're like, right. He'd be having right. three shots a game, two shots a game, <laughs> one shot. A... Like that's him now, and it's like I said, it's been trending like this for a while. So I'm not expecting him to be any high volume shooter i mean he never was but it's glaringly low you know this time around and now he's just bricking everything so he's basically not really bringing any value in terms of an offensive player in terms of like you know um shooting a ball but he still brings value in terms of like setting like maxi would do little things like and to me he's him and powell are the only two centers that do this on the roster um, they, they would like set a screen to clear the lane for um guys to drive. They're the only two on the roster that would do it. Um, Maxi and Dwight. So he still brings value there, but again, it's not enough for what we're asking these guys to do, and that's the problem. Because even when you look at Spencer, he's at his best when he's ISO scoring, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he's dribbling, 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 getting his rhythm. Like he's hitting these threes, but he got a dribble like. 20 times to, to get the rhythm to shoot these threes he, he's not, not he's not running shoot. down pin downs and shit yeah he's not yeah he's not you know coming off a screen yeah yeah like you said he's not coming off a screen and just shooting like he has to dribble his way into rhythm um you know he lulls the defender to sleep until he could drive by them to get to the rack he you know he needs the ball and he's dribbling and he's doing a good job but again it's the iso scoring so everybody else it's like you get your shots if if you're open and if the ball finds you or if we're in transition there's like no way for every anyone else to get shots and that's really the main offensive problem to me because then you look at wood right he's missed the last two games again with that knee sprain we don't know when he's gonna play but um and i don't want to say too much about this because you might see it in a different format but, but um with Wood, he it's 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 hard. People have been complaining about like his his touches and his um you know how he plays. And I'm like like if you look at the way teams have been teams have been adjusting. And I'm afraid for Spencer. This is another point. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm afraid for Spencer because you know what teams have been doing recently in those solar Spencer minutes. Just just what what have teams been doing recently? Yeah, just hey, good luck with that, man like they've been doubling him yeah he's been getting doubled and spencer's not luca mm. like i i think it was in the brooklyn game was it the, no uh was it not i think it was the magic game actually it was a solar spencer um minutes solar spencer minutes and he had a ball on the wing that it was the left wing he's dribbling dribbling they came to double him you know he backed out to try to um make a pass but he's six five at the end of the day and the magic has you know huge players he turned the ball over you know trying to you know pass it out so like if teams are gonna say yeah we're gonna double spencer in those solo um spencer minutes still look at who's on the court with him in those minutes it's guys that 
you know, I'll live with, you know, I'll live with a Josh Green catching it and doing whatever. Because, you know, while Josh has gotten better, he's still a little, you know, frantic when he gets the ball. He he still doesn't know when to shoot the ball or floor the ball. There's no, I'll be honest, there's no rhyme or reason to both. That three he hit, uh, it was against Brooklyn, actually. Like, he pump fake, I think got the ball back, and then shot it. He pumped fake into a harder three-pointer. He made it, but the process was like, hey, fam, that didn't make sense. Just shoot exactly. it when you initially got it. Exactly. So he's very, very, you know, frantic. And my thing with that is um, it's it's like teams would live with that, with him just doing whatever on the floor. So um, it's their teams are adjusting. So the whole wood thing, teams have been adjusting to how he's playing. Like, if he's not the and this goes if he's not playing center on the floor he's being guarded by a wing and when he's guarded by a wing they're switching that pick and roll with him and luca so when you switch your pick and roll that kind of neutralizes the action that you want to run in terms of him rolling to the rim and then when you look at okay what advantage did the switch create this a wing is already guarding Luca, right? Usually. Right, so right. it's like they're switching wing to wing. And then Wood, yes, he can, you know, punish wings. But for the wings, he's punishing. Because you looked in the Brooklyn game, they were trying to get him to get some buckets on Royce O'Neal, and he got bullied. Yeah. He got bullied, you know what I mean? And got to get what's getting his cookies taken. I was exactly. like, oh. Exactly. And then on both now, ends, Loki. On both ends. So now when you're looking at it, like, okay the best advantage that we have because again like I said Wood is being guarded by guarded by a wing you're not even really seeing Luca attack bigs last year it was like get the big set the screen Luca attack the big with a step back you're not even really seeing that anymore because his three balls like I mean it had been getting better before the last two sinkers but it was like broke right um so he they preferred a guard guard pick and roll so that they can get the smaller guard on him and he just goes to work and that's yes, that's the best advantage we have on the court. So with that being said, it's 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 just hard to get him incorporated with the offense because of teams adjusting. You know what I mean? Like he's not a guy where teams have to adjust to him. You have to adjust to the teams. Like he's not that guy. I'm so, I just think there's a lot of problems <laughs> with the Mavericks. Like a lot of problems. Um, Javale being useless does not help. Um, he he's got his starting spot taken. Um, after and it's funny he got it taken after he he got it snatched and they put him back in, and then Kid was like, "Yeah, matchups, matchups is why." And then he only played three games in that three minutes in that game that Kid said was the best matchup for him. He only played three games. So look how goofy you look. And then the next two after that, you didn't. Um, and it's funny because the Magic game was actually a better matchup for him to start, if you think about it, because the Magic is so big and he couldn't start there. So they look goofy. You know what I mean? Like they really look goofy with everything that they're trying to say and do. They look so goofy. Do you think that? I think they've been playing a political game. I don't think, I think Jason Kidd is stubborn because it's all Jason Kidd. He's the voice of why Javel plays. And we all know, well, I ain't gonna say we all know, but it's been said reliably that the reason why JaVel McGee is here is because Jason Kidd wanted him. And even Jason Kidd is basically like, <laughs> we stink. <laughs> I don't know if, like, it, uh, what was it? A couple days ago, it was like, yeah, my my faith in JaVel or my resolution to start him is strong. And now even he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this shit. We we run into white out there. Like exactly. I feel like they're folding because of the results. They're not even lying to us anymore. They're not, and they 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 have been cutting out the facade. Remember the whole summer they were telling us that Frank was good. We don't need a third ball yeah. here. and then they ran to sign Faku um, because they realized okay we're gonna at least need somebody. They played him a little bit, then he stunk, so he can't even play no more. <laughs> um, and it's like they don't know what they're doing. They really don't. Like they have all these ideas in theory, and then when it doesn't work, like you said, instead of like 
writing it out because we've been saying oh kids writing out with this mcgee thing it hasn't been that long like we're really <clears throat> as fans we're impatient it's an 82 game season so like what seven games out of 82 that's not that long <laughs> that is not that long like we kind of dragged it but still um they're pulling the plug on these things quickly and they look goofy for the explanations because when people see through the bullshit it's it's on us like we're you know we're too negative or we're this but they you know it's coming to fruition you know what i mean so it's like the mcgee signing that was just a bad and them basically him playing no more than like 12 minutes this entire time is proof of it being bad that's just one and then you clearly don't you know there's a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff from the christian wood situation because you traded for him and it's clear that the coach he's not really feeling him you know no. or and, he and doesn't it, want the and it, and it was, trying to figure it out and it was clear from the beginning like jason kidd went out of his way it feels to be like yeah he's only gonna play 25 minutes a night and everyone heard that and i was you know in our group chat People like, well, I don't see a problem with him. Not, I, I wanted Christian Wood to start. You disagree. Other people, some agree, some whatever. But the thing that always stood out to me, because people assumed if he didn't start, he would play starters minutes. And I, I think I brought it up here before. And I know I mentioned it in the chat. I remember when Jared Dudley was like, yeah, we need a good 25 minutes out of him. And I was like, hmm, it's a very specific number. Mm-hmm. It was a very specific number. And that is, that's not really starters minutes. That's six man of the year minutes. And here we are. I think he averages chill, a little less than 25 minutes, actually, per per year. And Kid was always explicit about why he, Christian, that he didn't fuck with Christian Wood like that. And, you know, I put a, I made a tweet last night about don't be mad at Jason Kidd about how mid this fan, uh, this roster is. This is something that we, you know, we're we're just fans. We're not coaches. I'm not going to say I know everything about basketball. You don't say it either. We we never, we always acknowledge that we are just fans that watch these games and give our two cents about it. But, bruh, Jason Kidd is never fucking going to embrace playing a big who can't play defense. And while I know people like, well, we've lost games because he didn't play Christian Wood more. Fam, there's no guarantee we would have won those games if Wood stayed out there. There, There isn't. And not only that, we do acknowledge Christian Wood is as bad as these boys have been on defense, and I do think Christian Wood should start. It's not just on court long-term as far as wanting him to resign and be an asset. We do acknowledge the defense has got better, even though we've lost these games with him out. Like, it objectively and measurably has. I think we went from like 14th to 9th because he didn't play these last two games. Now, overall, I think he's an asset, but Jason Kidd is never, ever, ever going to want to play a big who can't play defense. Y'all need to understand that. Y'all need to understand that about players we thirst over and look for moving forward. With all that being said, shit, man, you, you got to coach the team you got, not the team you want to have. So he should play more. But I don't think if Christian Wood plays more, it guarantees success with the roster we have. I think I'm rambled. I was all over the place with that. But that's the point I'm trying to get to. Even if we ratchet up, I believe Christian Wood should start. I believe Christian Wood should play more. Uh, I believe Josh Green should start over Reggie Bullock. I believe we should shift their minutes five minutes. You give Reggie, uh, Josh Green five more minutes, you give Reggie five more minutes. But at the same time, even once those tweaks are made, let's not fucking lie to ourselves. That's not going to turn us into a juggernaut. That's the point I want to be clear with this long rambling statement I'm making. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. You're right. It's I, And even with all this, right, I still, I still do not want them to make a panic move. I still want them to wait it out because, you know, it is what it is. You came in here with this plan. You have to see it through. <laughs> you just yeah. have to. Like, you can try different things, try to do different things. Um, and even if that's going to cost you wins, 
you just have to, and I'm talking about trying different things and, you know, not burning Luca out for the year. You just have to do it because at the end of the day, like I said, I'd prefer them to just ride this year out, understanding the situation, instead of making a panic move, like trading another first at the deadline for a guy that might help a little bit, but, you know, it's not, you know, like a real needle mover. Like you, at this point, we our margin of error is so thin, we can't afford to, um, to pretty much, um, like trade more assets for these non-needle movers like you made your bed kind of like it's time to line it really and it's it's just a tough situation again like Luca's playing so well like again if you told me Luca is averaging 33 points and Spencer was playing just some of the best basketball of his career um and we'd be six and five I'd tell you that you were lying <laughs> like, so that's that's a situation and you look you're like oh well our shooters are not shooting well and you know just all these things but um it's it's just we first of all I wasn't gonna say this here but I'll say it here um I don't like watching the Mavericks actually <laughs> um they're my team yes um when you know when we went win is great but i've like actually enjoyed one game we've played this year and that was the grizzlies game because how could you not enjoy that one <laughs> um it was total domination and i guess the first half of the phoenix game was great yeah. but other than that and we've we have six wins i have not enjoyed anything else there's always something like again in the wins is either we're making like building up a lead to have teams come back or there's just some issue um and obviously games are not going to be perfect but i mean i i mean i wrote something for mavs moneyball talking about um oh, we, we gonna plug that yeah the luca heliocentrism and t- to be honest like i i don't like watching that style of play i don't i don't i didn't with um james I don't with Luca. I don't like watching it because yeah. while it was exciting to see Luca get his thirty every night, and it was exciting seeing you know different ways he was scoring, um, you know, especially when he threw his playmaking into it, all that that was fun. But in terms of like watching basketball, I prefer to watch other offenses because this one, it's like yes, you don't know what Luca's gonna come in and do. But it's predictable in that, you know, Luca is going to come do something crazy. You know, maybe Spencer is going to go off like he did with his 30. You know, maybe you get a game from Wood. But other than that, you know everybody else is going to get you like 5 to 10 points. If <laughs> they get over 10 points, it's like, ooh. But, like, you know, it's, it's, it's boring. Quite frankly, it's very boring. It's very boring to watch. Like I said, Luca is my one of my favorite players in the league. So... I'm always going to have fun watching him play, especially if he plays well. If he doesn't play well, it's it's borderline unwatchable because the offense is designed for him to play well and for him to leverage him playing well to make the others play well. So if he's not playing well, then it's like what you know. What are, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we watching? Like it's really it's really really tough to watch. So um. Yeah, quite frankly, and this is, I'm not just saying this, I'm not trying to be reactionary, I'm just saying this because we've had two tough games, like, I felt like this for a while, like, even, or I was so disappointed um, with our playoff run in terms of watchability, like, I was happy that we were winning and we went to the conference finals, but objectively, that was a hard playoff, um, like, run to watch, I mean, the whole playoffs was boring in itself, but it was hard to watch, like, we didn't have, we had like what two close games out of all those games we played. Yeah. That is the horrible two, and I might be even dragging it. No, yeah, it was two close games, and that was in the Utah series, the one that we lost and the one that we won, like the game six. Yeah. Two games, two games out of the whole playoffs. That every crazy. everything else was pretty much a blowout. It's blowout either way, yeah, blowout. Either we lost via blowout, we won via blowout, and that just happens with the way we play. Like, especially then we're living by the three, down by the three. So if we were on, we're blowing teams out. Teams can't keep up with us. And if we're off, teams are running away with it. You know what I mean? So that that was that was frustrating to like. Like I said, winning is like great. So I was having fun in that we were winning, 
But in terms of just my enjoyment as a basketball fan, it wasn't the most enjoyable. And that's just how I feel. Um, And again, I'm not placing blame on one person. I'm not saying, oh, Lucas, it's just the situation we're in. And I'm not a fan of watching it, which is why in the future, I'll be very, very curious to see how, um, like, if we get another player, to see how that goes. Because when you look at um, Trey Young, right, right now in Atlanta, he has DeJounte Murray playing next to him. DeJounte's been great. Numbers, actually better than I anticipated. I knew he'd be still good, but his numbers are actually better than I thought they would be, at, you know, this early. I think he's averaging like 22, 8, and like 8. I'm crazy like that. And I'm like, okay, DeJounte, like he's still doing what he did last year in Atlanta. But then you look at Trey Young's, I mean, he's been struggling a little bit, but his usage is still is around the same. <laughs> like he's, he's like top five in usage still. So it's like, yes, he, um, he got help, quote-unquote help, in terms of having another ball handler, but his usage is still sky high. And I'm anticipating the same for Luca. Like, even if we get another, um, like, star or whatever to um, play alongside him, I still think his usage is going to be sky high. And his usage should be high. It should be high. Sky high like that? Um, Maybe not, but definitely not. But it should be high. But it's what you do um, during those usage minutes, right? So I just want to see variety in how they use him because Luca is could he could be I I don't want to say he is because again everything sounds better in theory than in reality but he could be such a dynamic offensive force and he is with the ball but I think your ceiling is capped if he is not interested in playing off the ball and that's just what it is because it's it's like that play that blew up with Ant um. I think Nakai's like posted the clip and was like, you could tell like this play wasn't ran for Ant. And he was just standing there, no movement, with the hands on his hip. <laughs> you know, like, just, and the pro- people are like, oh, what's the problem? His defender was sticking to him and he took his defender out to play. It's the hands on the hip that was the problem. Yeah, yeah. You're not ready. You're not in position to catch the ball. Like, what if something went wrong with the play? You're not in position to help out with, with the play, right? If it gets botched. I feel that way about Luca. When he's off the ball, his hands are on his knees, like, he's, like, taking a breath, I'm, like, hello, like, the game is still going on, he's acting as if he's not a part of the, the, the team in those, um, moments, and that's what I, like, I need him to break out of in terms of a habit, like, you're, yes, you being off ball is a moment for you to rest, but you cannot act like you're not involved in anything. Do you, uh, we, we had a little, I won't say it was heated, but do you think it's coaching or do you think anybody could coach him out of that? I should say. I don't know because you see, you know, kids saying that, yeah, we gotta, we want to use him like this or we want to get him, you know, behind the defenses and blah. he's saying that, but we're not seeing it. You know what I mean? You might see it for like one play, like there was one play um, and it warmed my heart because I don't think it was like a, call play I think this was like Spencer he called Luca to come set him a screen <laughs> and it wasn't like because usually they'll do that but it's like Luca's setting the screen he's not even really sending the screen he's trying to get into the post um to get the ball but this play in particular I forgot who we're playing I think it might have been Brooklyn he t- told Luca come here <laughs> like set the screen and Luca set the screen he set a solid screen and Spencer used the screen and went downhill like that and like I said, that's just one play, but we need to see more of that. Yeah. Like, you're setting a screen to help your team. You're not setting the screen to get the ball on the block. Yeah. Like, no. I remember uh, uh, KLC, I guess, did an interview with Luca. I think I talked about this before. And KLC brought this up to Luca. And he said, Luca looked at him like he had three heads. Like, I screen for somebody to dribble? The hell are you talking about, man? So, I don't know, man. We, for us to fully actualize, I don't care what the roster looks like. I don't care what totally happens with the, uh, whatever we get these stars that everybody envisioned. If he's not doing that stuff, I don't think it's going to work. And I also think maybe if he starts doing that stuff more, other players will one of these stars will say, hey, I, I will play with him. I do think that impact has an impact. 
Yeah, like it's it's very um like he has to break out of that. Like he he just has to because um it's it's it feels like like people like if you don't have the ball and I'm not again, I'm not I don't want to see Luca's big ass running off screens like he's slow. He can't do that. <laughs> you know, we're not talking about running off screens, but you can use him with him being so big, you can use him in different ways, like on the short roll as a playmaker. He could be a one of the best short roll playmakers in the game. And like I said, he's big enough to set a screen. Like you could, if he's committed to setting a screen, he could set a screen. But um, it's just a lack of interest in doing anything to help the team when you're off ball is what I have a problem with. Um, and he just he has to be better with that. Um, yeah. He just and because uh, I can even even some inverted pick and rolls he could get that shit off it don't have to be guard guard i would like i wouldn't mind seeing it with christian wood a little bit like just i'm at the point with this roster try anything <laughs> like yeah we're mid try everything start exactly. christian That's wood start josh green i i was giving jason kidd the benefit of the doubt um with the whole christian wood thing because i understand I think me and you both agree. Uh, I keep saying it. You can't win with bigs who don't play defense. And Christian Wood's bad at defense. But, brother, you can't win with the shit we doing now. So, let's throw caution to the wind. Let's get crazy. What, what do we have to lose? We lose anyway. That's my point. Yeah. And, I mean, I get that. Like I said, I don't think – like, I never thought the playoff ceiling was this high anyway. And it's looking like the regular season it could really be – you know, playing territory anyway. So it's like, whatever, do whatever. I just don't want it to be the whatever to be them um, basically making a panic move. That would be, to me, the worst case scenario. And again, you feel the pressure right now with, um, like I said, teams are coming out saying, yeah, um, we basically we know they're useless and can't do this you know the rest of the team are useless so we i hope the pressure isn't getting to them in the sense of they're um you know wanting to make that panic move i just think you know you just gotta ride it out because yeah the 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 worst thing they could do is trade a pick or even josh for like jordan clarkson exactly like that would just be horrible and i, I honestly some people are going to hear this and be like jordan he's balling jordan clarkson playing the best ball of his life but that man is what 33 34 he's an older player this probably ain't sustainable for him just something like that i'm not trading any picks unless it's somebody that won't be 30 anytime soon or it's kevin durant somebody mm-hmm. like that like we just got to ride it out if the team stinks so be it. Shit, our pick is top 10 protected. I, I would actually... Man, we are resting Luka in this game 11. I would just... Lay, I can't believe we're about to talk about tanking, but... I mean, if... I don't know, man. If after, I don't I'll say 30 games, everybody's healthy, and we still, like, in the 10th, 11th seed... I don't know, man. It's going to be some hard decisions that need to be made at that point. And I think that's on the table. I actually think that's on the table. I didn't before. But like last year, Luca was out of shape. Luca was fat. Um, dudes were missing butt naked wide open threes. So there was always, or Luca just didn't play. Like he just missed basically the month of December. So there were things you could point to and be like, okay, that's not going to keep happening. Therefore, they'll turn it around. And they did. What's going to turn around, SJ? Josh Green play five more minutes. Christian Wood play five more minutes. Like, Spitzer is balling. Luca is balling outside of these last two games. Reggie will eventually start making shots again, but I, how are we – I don't think the defense, like, we got older players. That was one of the things that bothered me so much with the JaVale signing is that, A, he ain't that good to begin with. But when you sign players that old, assuming they will keep performing at the level they did from year to year is irrational. People age. 
And even with like Maxi, Maxi was bad all regular season. So he's declining athletically. Even Reggie and Dorian, like I think Dorian's 29. Reggie is 30, about to be 31. There's no like there's no guarantee them dudes is they put a lot. Reggie played the most minutes he's ever played in the NBA last year. It's not even close, actually. Most games, most minutes, deepest playoff run. Assuming you can keep grinding that out of them dudes is it's just irrational, man. It just is, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, I I I would agree. It's it's and it's just, and again, we could be saying this, and then they rattle off a surprising win streak or whatever. But you know, the point still remains the same in that they probably got the most they could out of the roster um, last, you know, this past postseason, and you know. Historically, in the first seasons, they usually have, you know, a really good uh, um, defense, especially when you look at the aggressive schemes that he usually runs. But when the tape is out there, they regress typically the next year. And this has been a feature of Jason Kidd teams in the past. So we could be seeing that here with our defense regressing. Like you're looking at it, like we have the same guys, and people are like, "Oh, Maxi has regressed." Like, you know, this person has regressed. This person has regressed. It doesn't necessarily even mean their individual defense has regressed. I just think the scheme is easy to exploit, and there's tape out there, so teams know how to exploit it. Like the fact that in those Magic games, right, the two that we played, the Magic barely shot threes against us they knew they could get in the paint (laughs) they knew that the washington with kuzma getting in the paint as well at will um like teams know they can get in the paint on us and that's how they're pretty much defending right now i uh (laughs) i'm pretty sure i gotta go back and check i'm pretty sure we said when jason kid got hired that they would get better just because he anyone would break was going to be better that first year. And then Jason Kidd might get fired halfway through the second year. I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, like, let's say we're just ass this whole year. Let's say we are the 10th seed in the play-in tournament. Um, and shit, Lucas sprained his ankle. And we are lottery, full-blown lottery team. You think they will pack him up? Um, because I don't. I'm not sure Luca rocks with him like that either. We. I mean, if Luca want him gone, he gone anyway. But would that even be within the realm of possibility? Um, maybe. I mean, now, I mean, people are just gonna say that. Um, this is me hating Wood, but Loki, I'd rather we just draft, bro. We would have drafted with that um, pick. That we sent for him. That's because a, that's a bold statement, man. That is a bold statement, but hear me out, hear me out. At this point, we need young guys, bro. We keep throwing away these picks. And you could argue that that's also why we're in the situation that we're in. Like, I always trace everything back to that, um, the KP trade and the 2019 offseason, and you can. But, like... Even if we, like, had young players to, we don't even have, like, we only have Josh as a young, and I mean, you know, Jaden now. But those are only two young guys you even have to package. Like, picks are usually better, you know, until they're term players. But the players with potential are also still, you know, tantalizing. We got um, Porzingis at the time, who was an all-star player. We got him for like Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> like, you know, like a, and you know, Dennis is playing well now, but still, he was a young player with yeah. potential. Like, we don't like, even have those guys. K- like, KP was an all star, and we got him for two picks and expiring salaries. Yeah, a young all star at that. He was like, what, 20 or 24 when we traded for him? 23? Like, yeah. it's like we don't have these young players anymore. And I mean, we can't draft anywhere, so it's whatever, but like, I really believe, truly believe, 
that not having a pick in that 2019 draft, and that one was connected to the Luka trade because they wanted to be stupid and not take on extra salary. Um, but not having a pick in 2019, not having a pick in 2021, and again, I don't know. I mean, there's we don't know what they're going to do um, for this upcoming draft, but as it is now, we probably won't have a pick for 2023. Not having a pick in these drafts are killer. These are good drafts, like 2021 quality players. We just didn't have a pick for. And then the one draft where we had three, like, good picks, they botched damn near all of them, except for, like, Josh. And that one is still, we're still trying to, you know, bear the um, fruits of that one. It, like, I just think, um, like I said, at this point, Christian Wood, again, very very like he's been good for us he has been good but at this point you traded for him to raise your ceiling right the ceiling is not that high to begin with so that's why i you know said okay at this point i would have just rather just drafted because i don't think he makes you know a huge difference for us this year and then when you talk about the prospect of us resigning him or whatever there's already kind of drama with that because you're not trying to play him like that. And he, obviously, he wants more. And it's just it's just too much. That's why I'm like, at this point, with the way how things, obviously, it's hindsight. Using hindsight because in a moment, you still do that deal nine times out of ten. Um, but you know what I mean. It's just, you need young talent on this team. No, I'm with you. And I agree. Um, it... it... I, I just think even Christian Wood, like I, I think Jason Kidd is going to have his hand forced. Um, I just <laughs> like just to save the season, they're going to have to push every button that can be pushed. And I think starting Christian Wood and play him thirty minutes a night, I just think that's where we're going to be at because shit, we lose him doing what we're doing anyway. So. And he, and that's the other thing. Jason Kidd is saying we need other people who can score the ball. So, I mean, <laughs> that sounds like Christian Wood. So, I just don't think he's going to have any option. He's going to be forced into playing him. But I also don't think, I don't think it's going to make a like a big, massive difference. I don't think we're about to, we're about to play this really tough stretch of the season. Um, I think our next 10 games are all good teams. There's no, there's maybe one mid or two. I think we got Houston in there, maybe one other bad team. And if this shit just goes left, because the other thing is the locker room, right? If this shit, I've never seen the dudes look just this, even when they were playing bad last year, you didn't see Luca's body language look shitty like it has. You just it, it it just don't look the same, and I think if we just if just this season just goes really off the rails, oof, I don't know, man. It might be a long season, but I still I with all that being said, I still think we got a decent team in there. Like I don't think I think you had them as a six seed. I had them as the fifth seed. I'll probably go back to the six seed, knowing what I know now. But I still feel good about that. What about you? Yeah, I could definitely. I'm not wavering from that six seed spot because I do. Again, I do think we can get it together. But it's like I was holding out, you know, hope that we could be better than that. Um, but at this point, again, it's early, and again, this might sound very reactionary. It's I wouldn't. I'm not necessarily holding out. Um, the hope <laughs> that we're going to be um like just top four yeah I, i'm definitely not holding out that hope because i mean like it's like you look at the jazz right yeah and they're just playing dynamite basketball everyone's talking about how fun they are and it's because they can play a style where like pretty much i mean Lori's the guy for them now and but even carson's playing like everyone's playing well and they can play a style that just place the strength of most of the people on the roster because if you look at um the way we play like yes we can't play another way with the shot creation but like the way we play I wouldn't even necessarily say that's a strength for everybody on the roster because you have guys like Josh 
who thrive in like transition. Yeah. And we don't play transition we, basketball. We, we we ask him to be a three and D player, and he actually needs to be involved with more. Like that was something. I'm I'm happy you brought that up. There was a play last night where he got a turnover and just ran, and it was just him by himself. He literally crossed. Uh, he crossed half court. He got to the three point line, turned around, and literally looked back, and he was the only person that ran with the ball. And it's just like that's we got a young dude. We got Josh and we got Luca and a bunch of old men. I don't know any other way to say it. Like that that play just illustrates it. Like okay, we got this young dude who can is that like want to run a little bit, and literally the four other players on the court with him didn't didn't run, and that just makes your point to me. Yeah, exactly, and it's like. The, the, first of all, Luca's frustrating to watch in transition. People, I saw someone in my message today was like, um, "Luca's actually a great transition player." Um, who said that? Once it was somebody. Um, I don't follow them. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember who you are, but I just remember reading and being like, "What?" Because if you watch Luca in transition, instead of push, I'm like, sometimes I'm screaming at like the TV, "Push, push!" And he's like slowing down because he likes to be, you know. You know, slow down in the half court. And again, that's fine for Luca, and he is the best player. He's their franchise piece. He's who you're catering to. But that's not necessarily the strength of, like, everybody else. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. the point in, in that aspect. And that's the point I'm trying to make, that it, it's, like, there's just a lot um, about the roster that is just leaves a lot to be desired. And again, trans, there's some teams that live off transition and can't do anything in the half court. But we're like the opposite of that. We yeah. do everything in the half court. And when we're in transition, it's like we don't know what to do. You know how many transition we, – we can't play transition offense. Bruh, you know, that should bruh, be botch. Bruh, do you remember Tim Tim play? the other night? Tim had yeah. the two-on-one and just kept it and blew the leg. I'm like, yeah. fam, you this that's like – I'm not going to say peewee basketball because it's not, but that is high school basketball. Like, bro, just get a brock up. Yeah, they don't know how to play. They don't know how to play it, and it's oh. it's, it's it's just horrible. Man, yeah, we are uh, we down bad right now. Um, we got good news. Well, good news in my opinion. I think you you think otherwise. With uh, Christian Wood is gonna be able to play tomorrow, which is dope. I mean, that's good. We like I said, we need him, and as bad as it sounds. We one we can't afford for one of those um key rotation players to be out. We can't afford it. Literally any of them. Yeah. No, he, he, you know, Tim's my guy. I want him, but I have a in low key. He didn't play bad last night, but I remember I think last week or week before I was saying if Tim is cooked, we don't have a chance. But. Tim was decent last night. Luca was just a little off, and Christian Wood was out, and we lost to the Wizards without KP and Bill. And I'm just starting to realize, like, even if Tim is, I don't want to like doom and gloom it, but even if everybody is doing what we want them to do, I just think there's a ceiling on how good this team could be. I don't think there's going to be a stretch of what we won our last 40 games we won like 75 percent. i don't think that's possible with these dudes does that make make sense it's not we don't have a and that's what i was concerned about and that's what i said um to you know in one of these pods that we don't have a steadying presence anymore and that's what you lost in brunson like yes brunson like you know spencer just went out for 33 last night you know and that was with luca playing like you didn't get that from brunson but you got a steady, like, a, you could count on, you know, 12 to 20 points from him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You could count on somewhere between. And it was going to be efficient, yeah. Mm-hmm. Efficient. We don't have a, a consistent, like, a consistent play like that um, this yeah. year. I'm, I'm talking outside of Luka. We don't have a guy like that anymore. Yeah, so and, even, and even when Spencer goes off, it's, it's like step back threes. And he also he'll make, like last night, he made all his shots the start of the game and then just missed, like, his last four. And it's just, like, with Jalen, it was more 
Jalen would have his little moments, but it was just he would sprinkle his shots throughout the game as opposed mm-hmm. to going red hot from the start. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And that's yeah, what it is. So I just it's just um yeah, I don't think the ceiling is as high as people thought um with this team. Yeah. And I also think like even on Jalen's gone, it is what it is. But I think Spencer, as good as he's playing, would be helped. He would. He has another level. Well, I don't know if he got another level to go up to, but I think if we had somebody else in that second unit that could dribble and take some of that off, he because he's a bucket getter. He's scoring. He's a scorer. He's all. That's if you listen to him talk, that's how he views himself. If we had somebody that could just table set for him a little bit and take some of that playmaking off his plate. I think he still has a uh, another level to go to. I do, and at this point in the season, shit, man, I don't, I don't know what the options are, but just not having a third ball handler is actually hurting him. Yeah, as well is. as he's playing, it's still hurting him. It is, it is, and um, like I said, yeah, it is because teams are starting to double him in those. You went out a little bit. Um, creation is him because. Oh, am I back? Yeah, you back. You back. Yeah, but it's 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 all him in terms of like when he's out there by himself in terms of the creation. He needs somebody to take the load off of him. Last year, you know, they could do it was like him and Jalen, like they'd take turns, you know, mm-hmm. um, to do their thing. And now when he's out there in the you know without Luca, it's really just him, bro. Like. Tim, again, you're not giving Tim the ball to say, Tim, go do something for me. You're mm-hmm. not doing that with Josh. As good as Josh has been, he's still not where you give him the ball and say, Josh, do something for me. Like, we have literally two guys on the roster like that. And, I mean, Wood gives him support when Wood is out there because you can at least dump the ball to Wood and say, Wood, try some, you know, do whatever. He's, he's but, a safety valve when, yeah, exactly. you can't, when you can't get your shit off. Exactly, but it's just... But he's not a guy who hey just go get your shit off because i'm tired exactly so it's just it's it's kind of a a tough scenario i'm not gonna lie oh, wow. it's, it's tough i just woke up i just woke up my google home by saying get your shit off apparently it took that as an instruction that's funny man um bruh oh i, I don't say do you got anything else to say um uh, the multimedia maven we got to plug the article the heliocentric article we touched on it earlier but i'm gonna put it in the show notes but i don't want you to spoil it but what uh what did you cover in that article ma'am uh yes so um it's on mass moneyball if you would like to go check it out it's called heliocentrism's new face luka Doncic. basically touched on you know the style of play with you know heliocentrism how the Mavericks have leaned into lean into that style of play, and just whether it's um, just its correlation with usage rate and how that is not conducive to winning um, like a championship. So, yeah, check it out if you um, would like. No, no, no pressure or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we gonna we gonna show you support, it, it, and I'm not. I don't gas you, you the homie, but if something is just okay to me, I'll just like, yeah, go read it, but I won't talk about it. That shit was good. It was legitimately a good article. So, um, salute to you for that. I hope to see more with the pen. And, um, you know, I kind of know what the next article is going to be about. We'll see if it gets the same favorable <laughs> response. Yeah, <laughs> my, my bad if y'all if y'all don't mess with the next one. But, it is but I uh, I actually I agree with the premise of it already. I just think we don't have any choice because it is what it is. But anyway, um, I'll put the article to this in the show notes. I know I say I do, I'm going to do that, but it hit different when it's uh, when it's the homie. Uh that's all I got, man. I'm still, I do think we get popped by Portland, but I'm still not ready to give up. I just don't think 
I think the lies that we could make the push to like a playoff, a home court playoff team with this, with this group of guys, I think I can't lie to myself about that anymore, but I don't think we stink. Actually. I still think we got a shot, but we may stink. And I wasn't open to the fact that we might stink until these last two games. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, anyway, um, did you have anything else you want to get off your chest? No, sir. All right, y'all. We appreciate it. This is another episode of 21 Going On 77. We will holler at y'all. I do not have any of my son's soccer games or anything, so we might do a, a post-pod recap next week. My job is starting to slow down, so should have a little bit of free time with these holidays. Y'all make sure Ashley is good. But worst case scenario, y'all hear from us this time next week. And we will talk to y'all next week at the latest. Peace.